Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for our Housing Matters Podcast. Happy New Year. We have a new year in 2017 and hopefully it will be another great year. Again, this is Oscar Wei, Senior Economist of California Association of Realtors, and with me also is Jordan Levine. Hey, everyone. And we have a special guest today uh, to kick off our meeting. Uh, we have Joe Singer, our boss and the CEO of CAR. Welcome, Joe. Welcome. It's fun to be here, and Happy New Year to everyone. Thank you. Now, we'll have Joe here because we want to talk about, of course, housing uh, market. And there are things in the housing market that we are very concerned about. Uh, namely, uh, many of you probably know, housing affordability and supply is definitely an issue. So, Joe, I know you recently talked about, uh, maybe a couple months ago, talk about housing affordability and our summit. And uh, first, let me get this straightened out. Uh, housing affordability, is that an issue at the national level, state level, or local level? Well, we're coming out of a time of extreme housing affordability, in part because interest rates were at historic, almost two-generational lows. Um, so. Um, it's, it's less of a problem in almost every other area uh, than California. But coastal California, even within California, it's very localized. If you're in coastal California, housing prices um, generally are quite high compared to incomes, generally quite high to the rest of the nation, generally mm-hmm. quite high by almost every measurement. But if you're in parts of inland California, you still have fairly affordable housing. Um, and um, although interest rates have risen quite precipitously in the last eight weeks, um, that's jeopardized affordability everywhere. Our concern is, is quite simple, that uh, this problem is not going to self-correct. Um, it's a problem that is uh, one that has existed for a long period of time, and it's one that has uh, continually gotten worse, but it's inflicted by our own policies um, here in California, and particularly in, in some of the local communities uh, that are adverse to housing. Okay. Now, I mean, you mentioned about interest rates. Interest rates, Jordan, if you can um, you know, chime in, I mean, interest rate in the last few weeks have gone up. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think we're over four and a half basis. Uh, Four and a half percent interest rates, which is still, I guess, low by historical standards, but that's like a 70 basis point jump from where they were just two months ago. So it's it's significant in terms of just being a pocketbook issue and affecting how much people can afford to, to pay to service that mortgage. So True. And, and, you know, we were just looking at some charts and, you know, four and a half, five percent is not great compared to, you know, what we had in 1980s. So why is that such a big issue in housing affordability now, Joe? Well, I think it, it hits two ways. One, it hits in terms of um, the monthly payment. Um, and even though 80 basis points isn't a lot, if you're starting at 3.2 or 3.25, it is a, a about a 20% increase, um, all things being equal, in, in your monthly payment. But it's also a, um, a, a factor in terms of psychology. Um, okay. You know, um, once you're in a home at that... A very low rate of interest. Um, anything looks high. Um, <laughs> and uh, number one, number two, um, you have alternatives. Um, you know, there's a penalty. Particularly, I've been at home for a long period of time. There's a penalty um, potentially again in coastal California where prices have gone up uh, that you might hit a barrier in terms of um, capital gains taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly, there could be a penalty in terms of other carrying costs, uh, not the least of which might be Prop 13 adjustments. Um, even though um, you know. California property taxes are very, very low uh, compared to almost all other areas. You brought up a very good point. I'm, I'm going to talk about policies issues in a minute, but before we get there, um, I know for price increase, it has a lot to do with supply. 
um, and supply is definitely definitely an issue. Bay Area for sure, LA maybe, Southern California maybe not as big, but supply is definitely definitely an issue, and it has a lot to do with policy sure. um, and not, uh, policies, right? Yeah, I think, look, I think there's the long-run view and the short-run view here. In the long run, um, California has been doing this for a long period of time. I think people forget that 40 years ago, California was more affordable than the nation as a whole. Um, True. And, um, you know, that hasn't been the case really since the early 1980s or late 1970s even. Um, but it continues to get worse. And um, it has a lot to do with, with um, the fact that we just don't build enough housing. Um, we are extremely restrictive. And even the housing we build, we put a lot of cost barriers in place, both in terms of regulations and out-and-out, um, you know, parcel taxes, all sorts of other taxation, um, and fees. And as a result, when you put that all together, you've got a, a housing market that is expensive to begin with, even before you put a, you know, a stick in the ground. Mm -hmm. And more, more to the point, and, and more concerning, I think, is the fact that we're only building 100,000 units. Um, and we, we're barely building 100,000 units. We've done it for the last couple of years, right around 100,000. Prior to that, we were building in, in the double digits. Um, during the peak of... Uh, of California's housing boom in, in the 60s and 70s, we would routinely build right around 300,000 units. And that was a population that was less than half of today's population. Mm -hmm. So immediately you have a problem. We estimate you know, that um, you need about 165,000 units right. conservatively um, to, to be stable in terms of the relationship between housing and the population. And uh, we're about a million units below that since the, the Great um, Recession. And um, what, and building 100,000 a year, we continue to add to that deficit, not address it. So it's not just affordable units. It's just building more houses, basically. I think that's true. I, I, we're, just, we're just nowhere close. Um, ideally, you'd, you'd, you'd be building at about 250,000 units to catch up with the deficit you created, and those units would be priced across the board. But the fact of the matter is not only are we building fewer units, we tend to build units that are... are uh, larger, uh -huh. uh, have more amenities, and tend to be well priced well above the the average, um, the median prices in, in most communities. Um, new housing gets a premium in part because it's it's um, so scarce. Mm -hmm. So all of that um, serves to to make the affordability problem worse in terms of actual building affordable units. Generally, the best way to create affordable units is is build new market based units, and the affordability comes when people move out of their existing home into those new units because sure. it's it, if given the fee structure I talked about, given how difficult it is to bring something to marketplace, it's not really the, the most efficient way to um, create affordable housing by building it new. It just, mm -hmm. until we come up with some type of methodology, um, new technology, and permit it, which we are like unlikely to do in California, um, new housing is actually one of the most expensive ways to create housing, um, much more expensive than the existing housing stock. And you think all those fees and things, I mean, it just makes it such that we can only really build at the high end to make that math pencil out for these builders, and so then we just don't get any of that bottom-end housing. Absolutely. We're, you're, you know, you're talking about fees in coastal California that you know are across the board, but it can be as high as $140,000. I mean, you know, so wow. even if you're building high-density condos, you're not going to create a very affordable housing mix um, if you're looking at forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000, let alone a higher fee. And, and again, um, we only have ourselves to blame. Um, you know, this is, this is not a problem in other areas. And I think one of the contexts that we should talk about here um, is that this isn't just a housing problem, right? This is a problem um, that's going to affect the entire economy. If you can't attract 
or retain your young people, mm -hmm. your recent immigrants, your college graduates, um, if they have more attractive opportunities housing-wise, um, we're going to have a, a brain drain at some point. And I, I think it's going to have a massive negative effect on the economy as a whole here in California. Yeah, I think it's been all fine and dandy up till this point. But I think when you look at, you know, unemployment rate, well, the unemployment rate's already low. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it for folks like with a college degree, which is where we're creating all the jobs, that's like one and a half, two percent right now. And so, you know, when we had higher unemployment, you were able to kind of pull in some of those folks off the sidelines. Now we don't have any of those folks on the sidelines, so we got to attract them, like you said, from other areas. And I think that's a tall order when you say come to, you know, San Francisco as an example and pay one point four million dollars for that medium priced home. That's you know, even if you can afford that six figure salary, staring down the barrel of a, a one and a half million dollar home, that's not that attractive. And, and again, I think I think you're right. So far, we've been lucky. Uh, would be you know the way I would describe it. Um, but if, if you look at it, the fact that you restrict housing, that you make it so costly, is is really a very regressive set of policies. In California, you know, we pride ourselves, or at least the legislature prides itself on being very, very progressive. But if you look at their housing policies, um, the net effect of those is to create an elitist state. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, so what do you think? What do you suggest, you know, that the government, local, state, national government, federal government to do as far as policy is concerned? Well, you know, certainly, um, I, let's start at the at the heart of this issue, um, that what, and that's homeownership from my standpoint. Mm -hmm. Historically, um, you know, going back to the American dream, where homeownership was uh, clearly the central part of the American dream, um, government policies at all levels have supported homeownership. Um, and at the federal level, that was the case um, really going back to the uh, 1930s or before. Um, coming out of the Great Depression, homeownership really became central. Um, to uh, federal policy. Um, if we look at what's occurred in the last decade, um, we've seen a precipitous drop in homeownership at the national level, um, an equally precipitous drop in California, and the likelihood that homeownership could dip below 50% in California, we're right around 54, 55 perha perhaps percent today. The likelihood that we become a majority runner state in California is, is pretty high at this point. Mm -hmm. In fact, if you look at it from a fairly objective standpoint, you'd have to predict where it would become a majority runner state by 2025 or so. Um, so the first thing is, you know, if we value homeownership, then we have to maintain, if not increase, the incentives for it. So at the federal level, clearly any tax policy, um, whether it's MID, the deductibility of property taxes, how you play with the uh, standard deduction uh, versus um, itemized deductions, all of that has to be looked at very carefully as to its impact on the cost of homeownership. Um, by the same token, at the federal level, um, you have to look at it from the standpoint of support, um, particularly now that interest rates are, are rising for the really the first time in, in a generation. Um, you have to look at the maintaining support um, for um, buyers, particularly those uh, with less less stellar credit, um, through the uh, GSEs, through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and, and certainly through FHA for low down payment buyers. Um, and these are things that we, at the federal level we've historically and automatically supported because our objective was to attain sustainable homeownership. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I question whether that's still one of the goals of government. Uh, certainly from our standpoint, my personal standpoint, it has to be. Um, but equally, if not more important, is at the local level. Um, if your objective is, is 
to reasonably house the population um, and reasonably house them where they want to live, not you know where they can afford to live, and where you want to build for the future in terms of having an educated work class, where you want to continue to attract the best and brightest from both within the United States and from without, um, you're going to have to have affordable housing, and that has to be built. Um, you have to at least allow for building. Um, so certainly. Um, you know, we could look at a host of things that California has done. You can start by talking about how heavily we tax new housing. Uh -huh. um, you can um, talk about the fact that um, we tilt so heavily in favor of environmental protection that CEQA, the uh, California um, Environmental Quality Act, is basically an excuse to delay um, housing Very for true. a period of 18 to 36 months without any effort, without any real expense if you want to delay housing in your community um, and add hugely to the cost along with everything else we've talked about. And then we just have to have a, a faster process of permitting um, generally um, and really just make a decision that housing is something we want. That housing is seen as a, a net plus, not something that creates more traffic and is a burden to existing homeowners or existing uh, residents of any community. Um, and I think that's a problem for us. I think um, housing is now perceived as, as leading to more traffic. Um, it's perceived as, as being a negative rather than a positive. And um, I, again, to me, that's part of that elitist attitude. I. I um, talked about uh, previously, you know, not in my backyard. Um, I've got mine. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have to worry about anyone, but it's now finally coming home to roost because now you're not worrying about someone you don't know. You're worrying about where your kids are going to live. You're worrying about, you know, um, where the people who service your automobile are going to live. And I think that's just going to worsen unless we change policies here in California. Mm -hmm. So NIMBYism plays a role, um, and um, there seems like we need to educate people. Um, and so, of course, new housing supply we're lacking. But uh, any way other than well, other than educating people that we can actually bring existing uh, homeowners uh, to put their house on the market. Well, I think there's there's two aspects to this, right? Um, one, just generally, I I think people underestimate um, the attractiveness of new housing. Um, and what it does to a neighborhood. I, you know, we're sitting here at the CR headquarters in Koreatown, and we can look around and we can see all this new housing. Um, this neighborhood was moribund, that's being kind. This neighborhood was a dying neighborhood for the period from 19, 1985 to about 2010 um, because nobody really wanted to be here. It had high crime rates, high uh, low employment rates. Um, housing was relatively inexpensive. Uh -huh. But now all of a sudden, because of um, its location close to downtown, um, because its location on transportation hubs, um, the area has become much more attractive on a, on a series of levels. And one of the most attractive things, at least to me, is when I look and I see all this high density, beautiful new housing, mm -hmm. and the possibility of you know just walking out your door and having all these amenities um, right in, in the neighborhood. So I think people have to understand that um, high density housing can be very, very attractive. Um, it can create amenities you just don't have. And you know my argument on that is it's not accidental that San Francisco and New York are successful cities. That's right. mm. um, the, second, the, the second aspect is in terms of trying to get people out of their houses, trying to accelerate you know, the uh, um, 
ability for people to buy up, if you will, or buy into the marketplace. And part of that is just simply in California, given the way things have turned out, you almost have no incentive whatsoever. You have huge disincentives. Um, to move from an existing home as you age, as your housing needs change, as your children leave the household, you know, the most graphic example I can come, come up with, you almost have no incentive to move, and in fact, you're almost penalized um, for, for um, wanting to move. So, um, you know, there's things that can be looked at there. I think the tax reform aspect of at least indexing the 250,000 to 500,000 capital gains, sure. even though that amount is extraordinarily high to someone in Iowa, um, the fact of the matter is that's a real inhibitor on the marketplace in, in the cities of California and the urban, um, and particularly coastal part of California. That's a huge inhibitor. Secondly is Prop 13, and as I said earlier, Prop 13, no matter what, our taxes are low. I mean, one and a quarter percent, effectively, um, is the maximum you can ever pay on, on property taxes. That's low. Um, but the point, of, uh, the point of fact is when you've had a huge acceleration, you've been in your home for 10 or 20 years, had a huge acceleration in housing prices, when you, uh, when you come to move, even if you're trading down, um, and, uh, you know, you can look at a tripling easily or a quadrupling of your, of your tax base, and that's certainly an inhibitor. Um, for people as well. So we're not getting the, the recycling of larger homes that we typically get. Um, and I think there's things that can be done in that area. Propositions, uh, you know, 1690 um, for those counties that uh, go along with it, allow uh, seniors and, and people aged over 55 to keep their current basis. And I think it's, it's worth a look um, to see whether or not the portability of your basis is something that, that um, makes sense in the marketplace um, to, to get the market moving. We kind of think that would have a benefit potentially of, uh, from a revenue standpoint, um, as well certainly as a mobility standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know our government affair has been working very hard to work on some of those policy issues. Now with uh, the new administration coming up, uh, we have a new president and a new administration, there are a lot of uncertainties. Um, what do you think 2017, maybe even 2018 is going to look like? Well, I think you said it exactly right, Oscar. There's just a tremendous amount of uncertainty. I don't think we can predict uh, very well. Um, in fact, I think this is the most difficult time to predict that I can recall in my my uh, lengthy career here at CAR predicting anything about public policy or the economy, for that matter, um, given the fact that it's uh, so rapidly changing, as, as, as we see continually. Um, but I do think... Um, the new president um, is going to be growth-oriented. Um, I think there's a likelihood of a higher level of inflation. Um, I think there's certainly uh, going to be an attempt to, to spur further growth in the economy, and um, all of that should be good for the marketplace generally. Um, our, our housing market is, is performing at an adequate level. Um, uh, certainly, you know, we think it should be stronger given the population growth, given everything else, but it's certainly been performing at the higher ranges um, of historical activity. Um, and I could see that going up, um, presuming that interest rates don't go up too fast, presuming that housing prices uh, moderate somewhat so that we maintain some affordability. Um, on the other hand, you know, from a public policy standpoint, if the Congress uh, creates the wrong kind of tax environment, as I mentioned earlier, or, or um, divests uh, the United States from its interest in home ownership uh, by, by uh, privatizing the GSEs, um, I could see that being a, a substantial negative. And I think for the state of California generally, um, a lot of the revenue that the state has gotten over the last six or eight years has been federal revenue. Um, I think that revenue is going to be jeopardized. So I would think state government is going to be um, 
facing a, a continued deficit uh, problems um, um, that are going to be fairly substantial and occur fairly quickly, whereas a lot of the benefits of uh, new economic policy may may not be seen until 2018-19. Um, I think some of these deficits get seen by the second half of this year, and um, as a result, I think uh, that's going to have an impact that is, is, is probably net negative for California. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there are definitely a lot of question marks. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, and we'll see how it plays out, I guess, you know, in 2017. Well, again, the one thing I would say um, is I do think this is the kind of market I would describe, given the uncertainty um, that people have, given the uncertainty in the market. This is a realtor's market. Mm -hmm. This is where uh, the realtor's ability to market um, and find the right solution for individual um, home buyers or people seeking home ownership is going to make all the difference. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you for all the food for thoughts, Joel. And, um, We'll check back with you probably six months or so and see if you're right. And we'll just, uh, this is a good year, hopefully, and uh, we'll see some positive in terms of the economy. There will be some increase in interest rates, but uh, we'll follow up with you later on. I look forward to it. Thanks for having me. Thank you, sure. Joel. All right, well, thank you for listening in again, and um, Happy New Year again, and we will turn back, we'll uh, get back on uh, the Housing Matters podcast in about a couple of weeks. Uh, until next time. See you then. Have a great year. Bye-bye.